You're listening to Boudoir Therapy, hosted by Darlene Wong. I fly over oceans in my sleep. Join me in my private boudoir where I raise the volume in the presence of coveted, feminine, and empowering business women I call the queens. Why can't we just be? Why can't we just be? You are not living life if you are not living your inner art. Welcome, Sue Snyder. I'm so happy you're here in my private boudoir. And you're going to share with everyone what your inner art is and what you do and why you do it. And hopefully you'll be able to inspire others with what you have to say. Well, thank you so much for having me here. I'm absolutely delighted to be in your beautiful space, surrounded by all your beautiful creations. Yeah, it's (laughs) a real treat. Thank you. So we're going to get right into it. All right, my name is Sue Snyder. I am a dancer, and I would say that my art is not necessarily just inner. It's it's absolutely outer. What I do is I create things for people to see and experience. I create sort of a, an ethereal and liminal art, I would say, because dance is, is something that really is for the moment. Um, I used to always like to say that we make things for the wind. So these are things that, you know, it's not something you can hang on your wall. It's not something you can keep in your house. It's really just something that you keep in your mind or you keep in your heart. It's a moment and that's it. That's amazing. I love the idea of in the moment because I didn't think of it that way. I, I also was a dancer and you know, you have rehearsal, 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 you're practicing, you're spending all your time, all your energy, your body's shaping up great, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. But you're putting all of this energy into this one night of show. And I didn't realize that it's for just that one moment. But that one moment is when you give it your all. Sure. And that's when I find you end up shining or showing off something that you didn't think was possible. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's very much about giving it away at that moment, too. Like, it's not for you anymore, right? You're, you're giving it to whoever's watching. It's it's a gift. It's an act of generosity. I love it. And hopefully it will speak to them or touch them or, or make them mad or provoke <laughs> them. You know, whatever it is, <clears throat> it doesn't really matter what the reaction is, but what matters is that... Um, well, what matters to me is that people are affected in some way and mm-hmm. that it's, you know, interesting in some way or another. So, yeah, I, I, make, uh, I make dances. I'm a choreographer, performer, teacher. Um, I started out in sort of traditional rock sharky belly dance um, and then moved into way weirder stuff. Uh, as I went along, I moved into tribal fusion and uh, tribal belly dance improvised styles I love that stuff <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome it is <laughs> and uh, now I make what I would call really just weird belly dance it's it's rooted in belly dance because that's what my body knows and that's my roots and that's where I come from and that's you know a vocabulary that I'm deeply steeped in but um, 
I'm fusing it with a lot of contemporary styles as well. And, and what's the name of your school? Um, well, I perform with a troupe, uh, a couple of troops actually. My main, I would say my main jam uh, is a company called Cult of Yes, and that's me and my dance partner, Dominique Senecal, who I've been working with for over 10 years now. She's a genius, and I'm absolutely so lucky to work with her. Mm. Uh, so it's just the two of us, and we teach together as well. We teach a, a class, the two of us together, so we, we're always trading off and you know, helping each other out, and so that's pretty cool. So we teach a weekly class in Montreal on Wednesday nights, uh, and then I'm also in another company called It's Alive, which is an improvised company. So we do uh, what's known as improvised tribal style. So this is um, a dance language, actually. And what it is is that there are people all over the world who speak this same language. So it's a series of uh, movements and uh, that I would call, say, words, and then longer sequences that I would say are like phrases or sentences. And it's all cued. You dance in a group with a leader, and the leader will cue different things, and then everybody just knows what to do. So. It's like the craziest magic. How do we how do we get to how do we get to see one of these? Uh, I mean, the, there are performances that live on the internet. Absolutely, you can look up ITS or you can look up Unmata U N uh, U N A M A T A. Uh, they're the troupe that sort of started it out uh, that particular style. They're in Sacramento, California. Um, they've been doing it a long time. It's based on American tribal style, or not based on, but I would say it came from that style. Um, which is also a product of the Bay Area uh, in California and started in the 1970s. And yeah, it, what, what is really cool about it is that you can dance with people who you've never met and it looks like choreography. It's that like, so cool. it's crazy magic. Yeah, I, I was performing in Italy a few years back and I ended up meeting up, I think we were about 30 people. Um, including uh, members of Unmata, and we just we we got together, we practiced for a bit, and we put on a show that night. I didn't, I I'd, I'd never met any of these people before that morning. They were people from Russia, from France, from oh Italy, yes, <laughs> everywhere. What? And we made a thing. In were you able were you able to um, communicate in a verbal and like a main verbal language, or was your main language the dance? I mean, not everybody spoke English, not everybody spoke French, you know, so we just, but we all know how to move in the same way. So it's really, really cool. Yeah, it's, it's a wild way to connect with other people and I absolutely love it. And yeah, it's, it's not weird and it's not wild. I think it is, it should be natural because, um, I mean, I'm always trying to find a way to connect with people and it's not by understanding their language. If not, it's I look more at like their gestural behavior or I look at what their interests are and I, I too have traveled and have studied abroad and our common language would be the language that is spoken in that mm -hmm. country but no one else spoke anything else and we were beginners, let's say. Sure. Uh, but in the end, we all have a certain goal mm -hmm. and where we want to go and how we want to communicate it. And if you're, I guess, well connected, mm -hmm. then you, you can express whatever it is that you want. So what you're doing is spectacular because 
it proves that we don't all need to speak the same verbal language Absolutely. and you're going to create um you're going to create a movement with something like this it's, it's going to create uh, it's going to help to remove any kind of boundaries that we have between cultures mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because that's what it sounds like, and it sounds awesome. And I want to try one of those classes one day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> yeah. my, my very dear friend in Montreal, Marina D. Ray, does teach a beginner version of level uh. one of ITS. And so next time it's happening, I will let you know. <gasps> it's, it's actual magic. It's <sighs> really, really cool. It's like having this family that's all over the world that you can just meet up with and like make a thing in minutes. Like you've known each other your whole lives. It's the coolest. I think that goes really deep-rooted into my concept of boudoir therapy because what I've noticed is that I have clients from everywhere. Yes, we do all communicate in a language that we can um, and a verbal language that we can understand, but in the end, they are hiring me to take out whatever they have from inside and then just apply it to the walls, the floors, the ceilings, um, but it's not just objects it's ac it's it's some actual like internal emotional connection mm -hmm. that i somehow have been able to like translate i guess yeah. from a language maybe they didn't even know they had within themselves and then i put it out there and um the results have been wow there's such good karma here it feels like it's really my space mm -hmm. and uh, the best um testimonials for some experience like that for you and i is when an outsider looks at it but the outsider knows your client and sure. says oh this is exactly that person it's so you and i'm yeah. like i got it yeah i got i yeah. got it yeah and that's that's my form or one of my forms of success. Sure. And my next question would be, well, what is success for you? How would you describe that? Oh, success is like one of those things that is just so fraught in this, uh, in, in this society. I think people get really hung up about it and mm -hmm. what that looks like and, and these, having these certain markers of success. And it means that you have to have whatever kind of car or whatever kind it, and you know maybe that is success for you for me i kind of don't care um success for me is is being able to make what i want to make and do it when i want to do it and <laughs> you know go where i want to go yes. i think success is just like freedom maybe yeah 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 i mean i, I think at the end of the day don't we all just want to be free we do you know? we do and yeah. i i i definitely agree with you um one of my hidden messages in all my art and like the canvas that's behind all the Chinese writing that you will ever see around me, mm -hmm. um, it's it says be free like a dragonfly, uh -huh. and the idea comes from you know how basically a dragonfly is able to just go here and there wherever mm -hmm. it wants how it pleases it's always beautiful um, it lives near water uh, it's. It, and everyone admires the dragonfly and everyone has some kind of connection to, you know, it's positivity. There's something good about it. The way I see it, it's freedom and it mm -hmm. connects a lot with my cultural background sure. in Dominican Republic. But um, I like that idea that you can, you can find a way to restructure success with something that you, that I guess has personally fulfilled you. 
and it doesn't necessarily mean that it will fulfill me but it's your yes, version absolutely. and it's completely okay yes yes yeah. all of this artistic life that you have mm -hmm. exploring your your body language mm -hmm. and transcribing or translating it to others how are you able to to manage doing what you love mm -hmm. doing and you know your personal life and you know everything else that happens around i'm sure you have some kind of support system mm -hmm. or someone who who's there for you when you need. The first thing you said is, is how do you manage it? And my immediate response was, not always very well. <laughs> I mean, it's really hard, right? It's, it's, hard, to do, it's hard to do all the things that we want to do. Um, you know, especially as a creative person like yourself, you, you have all these ideas inside you and all these things that you want to make, and there's only so many hours in the day, and, you know, and, and it's, it's hard. It's really, really hard. Um, especially when we have to, you know, make sure that we have bills paid and, you know, mouths fed and things like that. And like day-to-day -day life can totally get in the way. Such a bummer. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it's hard. Um, and so, yes, it is really important to have a support system. I think, um, I think that, you know, the first person who needs to be on your team is actually yourself. Yeah. You really yeah. need to have your own back mm -hmm. first and foremost. You know, you have to, and, and by that I mean, um, you have to be just patient with yourself when you're not able to achieve all the things that you want to achieve. You have to just kind of be like, hey, it's cool. Like we can, you know, we can try again later or we can, hey, maybe that looks like a project for another time. Whatever, it's fine. Like I, I think that the first person that needs to be in your corner is yourself, really, really. Um, you need to give, you need to be forgiving, you need to be patient, you need to recognize when you need to rest, uh, you need mm -hmm. to give yourself <laughs> that permission to like stop hustling for a minute, you know, because <laughs> especially as somebody who runs your own business, you understand it's, you know, there's, you're your own boss, you're always there, you're all, you know, oh, I could be working, I should be working, I gotta hustle, I gotta make things happen. But you can't, you know? You really can't. I know. I know. So we want to so badly though. I know. I know. So that's that's thing one. I think, you know, kind of being your own best friend is really, really important. Being patient with yourself, being giving yourself as much space as you need. Um, but yeah, I'm also really lucky that I have a great team that I work with. Who's your community? Like what so, uh, like I said, I, I have my dance partner who I work with on tons of projects, and she's wonderful, and we were able to split up a lot of the work that we do, so that is really helpful, and we're able to kind of, you know, split it up in terms of, like, who's good at what? Like, she's kind of a tech nerd, so she, she does, you know, the website. It's, like, so like good that. for you, right? It's so great. <laughs> it's so great. You know, I can manage, but she's great at it. Um, you know, and then there's other things that I'm great at. And so, you know, I'll do those things. And so it's just, it just makes life much simpler when you can share the work. Do you guys ever like compete to, um, who's going to do what job or do you both kind of recognize by now, like who's good at what? And then you just give that person that task. I don't think there was ever really competing about it, but yeah, I think, I think it just kind of naturally started to be clear about who enjoyed doing what okay. more. And so it was just like, Hey, you're good at this 
this. Do you mm-hmm. want to just like be in charge of that thing? And there's some tasks that we still split up to and, you know, oh, I don't have time to do that today. Would you mind doing it? And it's great. So it's really, really nice to, you know, to be in a partnership in that way. Yeah. And then my, my other troop as well, they're just like a great support network. And, you know, we, we rehearse every week, but we also, you know, share each other's lives and, you know, listen to what's going on with each other. And so that's really great. Um, and I also work uh, for a nonprofit that we run a festival uh, that's coming up in the summer, a dance festival. And uh, so we're a big team on that as well. And everybody. What's the name of the festival? The festival is called Tribal Momentum. Okay. And it's an annual festival that happens in July. This year it's July 12th to 14th. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are bringing in some incredible teachers from all over the world this year, which oh. I'm so stoked about. We have uh, teachers coming from Ireland, the UK, the US. And as well as some local teachers who were just wild about um, someone from Quebec City who's incredibly wonderful. Um, so yeah, it's really really great. It's a it's two days of workshops, three shows. Um, we have artisans who bring in incredible jewelry and handmade clothing, and uh, we have this incredible massage therapist who we had last year taking care of everyone's hardworking bodies. It was amazing. So it's just, yeah, it's this really wonderful um, community that we've been building and people come in from all over. We've got tons of people who come up from the U.S. From last year, we had people from Vancouver and, uh, and it's just like, we all, we just meet up, you know, every July. It's wonderful. It's it's the most wonderful thing. Yeah, it's great. And uh, we also put on two other shows through the year. Um, One is called Experimentum and one is called Tribal Lab. And so these are shows that are for uh, students to show what they've been working on, as well as for professional artists who just want to try something totally new and like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go. I can't take this to my usual crowd. I just want to try it. And it's like, this is the space for it. You know, it's it's a place to just bust out, try anything that you have on your heart or on your mind and like, that's what it's there for, you know? Awesome. I didn't know you could bust out with belly dancing. Yes, absolutely. Totally. (laughs) Totally. People bring some very creative stuff and I really am super here for it. It's great. What's the best advice that you've been given? Like, and, and how can that benefit our listeners? Well, I have been given a lot of good advice over the years. As well as some, like, questionable advice, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, uh, one thing that's actually super simple that springs to mind is uh, I, I was taking a dance class many years ago um, with this incredible teacher from France named Jenny, who um, is wonderful. Um, and I, I got to class and, you know, we were a whole bunch of Canadians. And we were just all very politely hanging back at the back of the room while she was getting ready to start the class. And like she's polite Canadians, Just right? polite yeah. Canadians <laughs> hanging out in the back, you know, just not wanting, you know, oh, I'll just be back here. And, and she said, this is your class. You paid to be here. Take up space. Come on. And, I, and it was so simple, but I was like, oh, wow, you're right. I deserve to be here. I can take up space okay, all right, yeah, I'll go stand in the front row. Let's do this. And uh, she also said another thing during that class that really struck me. She said, it doesn't always have to be beautiful. Don't be afraid to be ugly sometimes. And that was like permission, I think, that I needed to hear at that point, you know? Don't don't be afraid to be ugly sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's a great phrase because we're so, we are brainwashed, I find, with society to be like, almost 
perfect, I guess, for everything that you do. Totally. And um, I'm going to take that advice, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so freeing because, yeah, especially, you know, everybody has these like super curated Instagram feeds and, you know, there's all this pressure to look perfect all the time or to have this perfect life or, and you don't have to. In fact, it's so much more interesting when it's not perfect. It's mm-hmm. so much more interesting when it's just real. And real sometimes is ugly and imperfect and strange. And, and it's it's so much richer. And it's more authentically you. Yes. Because people need to see the flaws to be like, oh, that's totally a Sue thing. Yeah, sure. If not, then Sue just looks like all her photographs, all her dance pieces, um, and everything else she puts out on the internet world. Mm -hmm. But the Sue that I know right here, I can see and I can hear, you know, the the little flaws here and there, but I don't really see them as flaws. I see them as they're traits that only belong to you. Absolutely. And yeah. that's, it's kind of hard actually for a lot of people to um, to be able to um, uh, allow themselves to do that and express that with people they don't know especially. And even sometimes with people they do know, like even their sure. closest family members. Yeah. So it's nice to, to voice your voice, mm-hmm. um, but in your case, it's you're, you're voicing your body yeah you're voicing your I don't know how to say it but you're like you're voicing your inner expression Mm -hmm. it's fantastic yeah did were you always like that uh dancing um very expressing and accepting and absolutely like tell me a little bit about that oh I was the shyest kid okay I I was afraid to talk on the phone to even (laughs) my grandparents I was just super super shy and uh my, my mom put me in a ballet class when I was, I don't know, five. Me too. Yeah. And I, and I was a bit horrified, no. you know. Oh, I don't want to do this. And, but I kept doing it because, you know, she drove me and dropped me off. And, you know, <laughs> okay, I guess I'll do it. And then, you know, eventually it was like, okay, oh, maybe I like this, you know. Mm. And, uh, yeah, but it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of courage to... Um, use your voice, you know, and like, that's where was that turning point? Oh, where like how, I think I'm maybe, still, maybe I think still, I'm still turning on that point. Turning? Sure, but there I mean, must have been a feeling where you said, "Hmm, I'm done with that part. Like, I'm ready for new." Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I think it was pretty gradual. Yeah, just you know, coming out of being a shy kid and then uh-huh. turning into like a really mouthy teenager. And, and, and belly dancing with, like, your belly out yeah, <laughs> in yeah. front of sure. hundreds of people. Sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it, I, think, I think in terms of starting belly dancing, it was just like I just took a leap. And oh. uh, I was just like, oh, wow. If they can do it, then, hey, maybe I can do that too. And so, you know, that's another reason why I think it's really important to be to like get out there and, and use your voice and be authentic and show yourself is because it, you know, in being the most authentic version of yourself, you give people permission to also do that, right? That's true. Like if, if she can do it, then hey. I can do it too. Maybe I could do that too. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. 
I know you, you're not able to like pinpoint, you know, that turning point, but could it be that the ballet classes that your mom put you into was the start of your self-discovery without you, of course, knowing at five years old, mm-hmm. but could, could that have been part of it? You said everything was very gradual. So sure. I'm looking all the way back when yeah. in your childhood, but was there like an aha ballet to belly dancing? Where, where was this coming from? Well, what made me want to belly dance is that I, really I just I saw a show. Um, I was living in Halifax at the time, and there was a show at the Halifax Fringe um, that was all belly dance, and it, I, I went to see it kind of on a whim, and I was just like it flipped me <gasps> on my head. I was watching it, and I was like, that is what I want to do. Can I, I high five you yeah, right now? Sure. <laughs> I just, yeah, they were, everybody up there was just so beautiful and in their power, you know, it. and they were wearing these fabulous costumes and they were doing these beautiful movements. And, and I thought like, I bet I could do that. I think I could do that. They just looked magical. And so I, I signed up for class with mm-hmm. that performer, the, the one who was running the show. Her name is Belinda Ferguson. And I went and signed up to her class. I think the next week mm-hmm. and and I just became obsessed and I was I lived at her studio I was there oh. like three times a week and you know just wanted more and more and more all the time and wow. yeah I was oh just gosh. gobbling it up like give me all the information yeah. <laughs> and she was such a wonderful generous teacher and super knowledgeable and so I'm very very lucky that that was my first um, wow. foray into it because she was great so what I heard you say was, I think I can do that. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to just have launched like this other career or this other, mm-hmm. this other side of you that you didn't think, I guess you didn't even imagine before could possibly happen. Sure, yeah. But once you believe you can do it, then you can do it. And you just totally. said, I think I can do it. Yeah. That's all it took. That's all it took. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, was just seeing these people being so amazing, but also being real and not being perfect necessarily. You know, there like you, you could see they were humans and they were up there living it. You know, and, and okay, yeah, maybe I could do that too. I think I can. Good for you. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> How do you deal with the fear? How do you do the guilt? The no, not thinking that you're good enough mm-hmm. to do what you think you can do. Mm. That's, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's definitely real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have been working on being more of an imperfectionist, <gasps> I would say. I like that. Um, because perfectionism is paralyzing, like you said. You know, when it's like, oh, I don't think I can do it the way I want to be able to do it. So I should just not do it at all because I'm going to fail. Yeah. Okay, but how about just try it anyway, right? How about uh-huh. just do it, and if it's not perfect, then who cares, right? Like, I, I do this a lot in class when, we, when I teach choreography. And, you know, when we have kind of the whole thing together, but it's not real solid yet, I just look at everyone and I was like, and I say, we're going to do this. You have full permission to fail. Just do it anyway. Mess it up, but do it anyway. And if you mess up, keep going. It doesn't matter. Just give yourself permission to fail, I think is really key. When I get really kind of stuck in the fear thing or like, I'm not ready, it's not ready, 
I just kind of make myself do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that goes great and sometimes it doesn't. And oh well, <laughs> you know, what's the alternative? You just <laughs> didn't do it at all and you stayed nice and safe at home, ha- never having done anything. Yeah, cool. Okay. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> less interesting, right? So just, you know, do it before you're ready is, is the other that. one. Yeah. I love that. Give yourself permission to fail and do it before you're ready. Yeah. And I think you'll find that it's not as bad as you thought it might be. Mm. Usually it goes better than you think. I think that was beautifully said. I personally wrote Sue Snyder in my agenda and Mm -hmm. I wrote, do it before you're ready. That's the first thing I wrote because I found that so, um, it was freeing. but it was tricky to understand at first. Sure. And now that you explained it, where you said you have full permission to fail, I yeah. totally get it. Yeah. We're, we're always, you know, it's, it, I, think, I think it's, this is the way we're raised, though, you know, sure. especially with the school system. I, I'm totally against the way we're taught in school because it's not for every individual. And, you know, you get a mark at the end, right? Right. And if it's not 100, uh, it's 99. Or mm-hmm. if it's not 99, well, it's 98. Mm-hmm. And it still doesn't feel like mm-hmm. it was good or perfect because, well, I'm supposed to reach to perfection in right. order to advance to the next level. Mm-hmm. Where the hell did that come from? You know, it's 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 like it's in our DNA from, sure. our, from our other generations. Mm-hmm. It's passed on over and over again. So it's nice to find people like you who have discovered their own alternative ways to um, learn, to study, and to pursue inner art. It's beautiful. In your home, Mm -hmm. do you own a queen's chair? Okay, I don't own one of your queen's chairs, (laughs) but um, I have this amazing chair. It's it's an old, from the 1950s, (gasps) stuffed with down, and upholstered in silk and it has a matching ottoman and it's from my grandmother's house and she passed it on to me when she downsized and I sit in it whenever I need to think about important things and I also sit there whenever I want to just read I'm not allowed to like watch tv or bring my phone it's like no this is where I go to like read or journal or just think so that's kind of a I would say that's where I feel kind of my most queenly. Oh my gosh. Can you send me a picture of it? Yes, <laughs> okay. totally. I want to see what it's, it looks it's like. It's beautiful. It sounds like a... It's, it's incredibly comfortable too. I, I actually had some uh, friends staying over <laughs> and I had set up a bed for one of them and, and he said, you know what? I really just want to sleep in this chair. No way. It's so comfortable. Can I? I said, sure. <laughs> sure, you can. And he did. He woke up the next day and he was like, oh, that was great. I slept oh. great. That would, that's definitely your queen's chair, Sue. Mm-hmm. What do you deserve in life in 2019? Mm-hmm. And hmm, how are you going to achieve that? This year, what I'm really focusing on is what makes me feel nourished you know Mm. we we often we give so much that we were left feeling a little worn down maybe a little empty empty ragged tired (laughs) oh the tired so this year I'm really working on like okay well what's something that will feed me what will nourish me what you know if I so it's got me thinking about kind of what I take on in different ways Mm -hmm. you know am I doing this because it's going to feed me somehow and that 
you know, that can be spiritually, emotionally, physically, it can feed me with money, um, that's food, you know, but it has to, it has to enrich me somehow, like no more just doing stuff that feels like it, it's really draining. Uh Um, so yeah, I would say this year I deserve to be nourished. That sounds, that sounds like it's full of all the vitamins we need. (laughs) I'll have that too. All right. Thank you. Yes, you deserve it too. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I, um, often hear people talking about, you know, setting up altars and things in their home, um, and, and an altar as sort of an external manifestation of your internal world. And what I see you doing and what I see you putting together in these incredibly sumptuous and beautifully created spaces is essentially like a large-scale altar. Mm. And so I wanted to know what you thought about creating sacred space and creating this reflection of a person in an outer manifestation. Holy moly. (laughs) All right, here we go. Yeah, you're passing it to me now. (laughs) Okay, so I haven't been asked this question, but I think I understand it and I think I feel it. I didn't recognize that I was using like an inner alter ego or an inner goddess or like I call it an inner queen um, living my inner art until it actually started unraveling around me it was only possible to uncover that part of me once I let go of all the negativity that there was around me so in a way I had to allow myself to be isolated so that I can really listen to me and no one else. I didn't want any more of those little voices around my head. Even though, you know, everyone wants the best for me, I think I know what I want. If you were to follow my path, I've always been uh, an, an artistic, expressive person. I'm much better expressing with art than with words. I think I'm better at it now with words, but I didn't realize that I could share stories through my work. This is where I kind of did a a flip in my own brain. I think I even felt my brain go upside down and all of a sudden I saw the world with completely different eyes. I saw myself with different eyes. I didn't see myself with eyes actually anymore. (laughs) I think I saw myself with, um, it was like a godlike energy that was coming from within me. And I'm not a, I'm not a religious person. I just looked around at everything that I had done. I actually assembled everything in my studio here and then I looked at every piece that I had crafted and I had noticed a dragonfly on everything. Mm. That's when I decided to call my dragonfly my spiritual me. And my spiritual me has been there through all of my artistic life. I put her down for a certain amount of years. You know, I, I shut her down or I didn't allow her to be free. and 
once I discovered how much she had been by my side this entire time through the good and the bad, well, I decided to let her go. And all of a sudden, again, boom, um, I uncovered myself mm -hmm. as being the most beautiful queen-like image I could ever or could never imagine myself to be. And I just have all of these little dragonflies just lifting me up from my shoulders. And all I want to do is just tell the world how I feel. Okay, I need imagery, you know, to represent what it is that I'm trying to put out there, what I believe. And I said, I can't have clothing on. Like clothing is going to completely alter that inner alter of myself. Mm -hmm hired a boudoir photographer, Katie Marie Tidy. She was able to take that inner expression that I been dying to tell the world. She took it out and she put it on an image. And I said, oh my gosh, that's me. That's really me. And I accepted myself more than ever. Um, and like I said, I found myself so attractive with all my... Um, my stretch marks from my kids, my flabbier skin, and mm -hmm. but somehow this was way more sexier than ever. And I said, holy moly, I had this inside me the whole time. I can't wait to tell other women about this. They're gonna, they're gonna love it. And I want them to feel what I feel. Like I want them to find their inner art. There is an inner part of myself that has been shut down and I think I needed to go through a very dark moment to, I guess, unleash her and let her express the way she feels she deserves. Good. Like she's so much happier on so many levels. All she wants to do is just help others discover that part of themselves too. Does that make any sense? Sure. Yeah? yeah okay. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Okay. The boudoir space, the private spaces, is the sacred space. It's the only space that's dedicated to you. Mm. You know, I can design any space in a home, but I said, I really want this, this space to be more than just a design. It's an experience. If I can help others do what I did for myself, Wow, we're gonna change the world, Darlene. <laughs> Talking about deserving, I think that everyone deserves to have a space where they feel completely themselves. Mm -hmm. And so that's what you're doing, and I think that's awesome. You're listening to Boudoir Therapy, hosted by Darlene Wong. I fly over oceans in my sleep. Join me in my private boudoir where I raise the volume in the presence of coveted, feminine, and empowering business women I call the queens. I can't we just be? Why can't we just be? You are not living life if you are not living your inner art.